Hey everybody, this is Karis Frigi, and this is a daily devotional podcast where I will read a portion of scripture, a new one every day, and then share some thoughts that I've written on it. I hope it encourages you. Good morning, everyone. Today it is December 22nd. It is a Wednesday, and we are going to move on in our Advent devotional. We read Isaiah on Monday, and now we're getting into another prophetic book. It's one of the minor prophets in the book of Micah. And Micah is actually writing this book to warn his nation, the Israelite nation, the Jews, that if they continue to worship idols, they're going to lose all favor with God and they're going to be attacked from these various enemies. And so his, his, his book he thinks he's writing is all to warn them and to be like, this is what God's going to do. Please repent. But then in the middle of the book in chapter five, there comes this prophecy that's actually about Jesus. And so that's what we're going to read today. It's in verses um, three through five of chapter five. It says, but you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel, and he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. And as I was reading this, I was just thinking, you know, we have to put humanity behind Micah. He's writing this, thinking he's speaking to one generation. He doesn't realize that this chapter 5 prophecy that the Lord is giving him is actually for generations to come and still generations to come when we really get into this prophecy it's talking about Jesus coming shepherding his flock in a way that we haven't seen quite yet I believe when the rest of the brothers return to the people of Israel and that he's great to the ends of the earth we have yet to see every tribe every tongue every nation worship Jesus and I love that to imagine that as Micah's writing this he's like man that's crazy. A ruler is going to come from Bethlehem. He knows what Bethlehem is. He has his own prejudices against it. And I just love picturing him writing this out and being like, like just picturing him like kind of going back and forth with the Lord. Like, that's so interesting. Why Bethlehem? And then I think Micah was probably a prototype in that moment of perhaps he had a moment of wonder that really for the next 400 years when Malachi is done writing, there's this, this silence for 400 years from Malachi to Matthew. And I'm imagining, and we know from scripture, that the, the people that were waiting on this Messiah, on this promised one, who was actually promised way back in Genesis, that he was going to crush the head of the serpent, and the one who was going to be the deliverer, that when he comes, he's going to come a certain way. And they have all these fantastic images that they've thought about, and they've, they've, they've hyped Jesus, basically. They've hyped the Messiah into whatever they think he should look like. And basically, it's someone who's going to rescue them from all of their enemy nations, and it's going to make the Jewish nation the prize of the earth. But I think what's really fascinating about this prophecy involving Bethlehem is the humility in it. I love that Micah says it's, it's a tribe that's it's too little to even be called part of the tribe of, of Judah. It's, it's just so small, and it shows the humility of Jesus. And I also think Bethlehem is significant because Bethlehem actually means house of bread. And it's also the location of Ruth's story in the Old Testament where she and Naomi go back. And here Ruth is an outsider who comes into the family of God because of marriage to Boaz. And I think this is also prophetic for what Jesus was going to do. He wasn't just going after the Jewish nation to make them great. Jesus came, like John tells us, as the whole world. 
for the whole world. He's, he's coming as the whole world's sacrifice for sin and the whole world's Messiah. He loves the whole world and he was born into this little house of bread town to live and die as an offering that we might feast off of him. We might eat and drink of him and find life eternal. How often do we still, or at least myself, still try and predict what God's going to do and how his rescue is going to look and what exactly he's going to do with my life and how he's going to stay faithful to the promises that he's made. And I find that so often those guesses, just like the ones that Israelites probably had about the Messiah, are rooted in a weird combination of self and um, flesh and human reasoning and trying to put myself somehow at the center of the story, forgetting that Jesus is always bigger and always better and is always concerned about way more than just my life. He fully takes care of my life, but he manages to do that in the, in the gathering of all those that he loves. And I love that in this prophecy, Micah says, he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Every tribe and tongue and nation will know him and he will be their peace. I think this is key because if we can make peace in our own hearts that he rules, that he has complete governance over our lives, that that we can actually have peace with how he does it. He can come any way he wants at any time, however he wants, and we get to have peace in him. He becomes our peace. I love that Micah also calls him a shepherd because I think it is so important that we realize he is the most trustworthy and dependable and faithful leader of our soul. And I think Micah was, is trying to, as he's saying this, he doesn't realize what God's saying through him is Jesus is coming as a personal shepherd, as the world's shepherd, as the one who's, who's bringing peace to the ends of the earth. And he's coming from humble beginnings because he's teaching us who he is, that he's gentle and he's humble at heart. so much for listening today. I think my takeaway mostly from today is that humility of Jesus. We've been talking about it a lot, but that Philippians 2 emptying himself and you know, so many times even in Christendom we can we can kind of start to make the whole thing more about us and more about our giftings and where we function in the kingdom and what God's going to do in our life and we kind of can fall in love with ourselves a little bit more and kind of use Jesus as the the um, leeway to do that, but that's not the gospel. The gospel is actually him being humble and teaching us a different and a better way. And I love that that's that's what this passage is about. It's what what his birth was about. It's a humble beginning because he is the name that's above every name. He doesn't have anything to prove in that. But he's also displaying perfect love. And perfect love is the kind of love he says, no greater love than this, that you'd lay your life down for your friends. And that's what Jesus did. So I hope those thoughts encourage you today. Have a great day. We'll be back here on Friday for our very last podcast and our last advent. Have a great day.